Hallelujah. Church, we stand in faith. And we stand and we continue to pray. Because how many of you know it's not over? Say, it's not over. Don't even think for one minute that it is over because it is not. And we continue to stand steadfast in prayer prayer. And that's why we just got done praying corporately that every demonic, every demonic assignment would be under our feet and completely demolished in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and we need to continue, continue to pray in that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 2, 4, it says that the Lord laughs at the enemy. He scoffs at them. It says that he's enthroned in the heavens, Psalm 2, 4, and he laughs at the enemy. Now, it's interesting, you know, that um, some of you, some of you know, I don't, I don't like to listen and read and, and, and go and listen to what everybody is saying because I like to just listen to what he is saying, okay? I, I, this is just my personal thing. It's not that I'm against it. It's just that I'm very selective and I'm really careful that I don't want to end up having mixture and I don't want to just be swayed by someone that's popular, right? Okay. So, so as I have been praying and you know, the message that we, you're going to hear this morning, this is the message that the spirit of the living God has spoken to me and breathed because I asked him, I asked him. And then after I had written this out, then I went and I saw a few posts from different various voices. And, you know, I love how God does confirm, though. But first you get your, your information. You first you get what God wants from him. Yes. Praise God when there's a confirmation. But would you speak it if it wasn't? You better believe it. You better believe it. So it's, it's good to see that a lot, not all, but a lot of the body is definitely in agreement. The word says in Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You are the church individually and corporately. We are the church. The gates of hell, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against us. That's why we stand. That's why we pray. And that's why we use our God-given authority. Matthew 16, 18. He said, I will build my church. He said, I will build my church. It's not somebody else's church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It is his church. He says, I will build my church. And he uses individuals. He works through lives of the believers to build his church. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, the, one of the problems, you know, is, is that a lot of times the church does not know they're not equipped and they don't know how to pray and take authority. They know how to pray, Lord, help me. They know how to pray, Lord, forgive me. They know how to pray, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do, Lord, but I'm going to trust in you. Those are all great prayers. But they don't always know how to stand in the battle. What have I been talking to you about for the last, I don't even know how many weeks, about standing in the battle and standing in your position, that's right, and issuing the command? What else have I told you? That we are the remnant and not just this church. I said there is a there's a broader church as well, but we are part of the remnant. This is the remnant of God. We cannot look to the news, cannot look to the media, cannot look to people that are going to be contrary to what the remnant has heard from the spirit of truth. Isn't that true? So we must be firm and we must stay faithful in what God has spoken. And he has spoken. So this election was never really about a natural fight. It's never about a natural fight anyway. It's always, always, always a spiritual fight. I don't care no matter what you are in, it's a, it's a spiritual war. Say it's a spiritual war. 
There is a time for you to rise up and have a righteous, holy anger. But it's not in your flesh. It is in your spirit, man. Right? So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Say they're not in the flesh. But they are mighty in God. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And we pull down strongholds. And of course, they start in our minds. They start in our minds. So take thought, every thought. Make it captive and make it obedient to Christ. The minute fear would try to come in and grip your mind, grip your heart, you take that thought captive and you say, no, 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 no. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And let me tell you, it will try to creep in there and it won't be very far it'll be right in your own home and it'll be right with those that you love and it'll be right with those that should know differently but it'll come the enemy sets people up because they're afraid they're genuinely afraid but I'll tell you right now that you are the remnant and I've been telling you rise up and stand in your position stand in your position in the name of Jesus and don't allow whatever spirit of the air to come against the child of God. So don't put down your weapon because it's not over. This battle is for the souls of this next generation. Because honestly, God could use whoever and he will. He'll use whoever is in office. He will use whoever's in the White House. He will. He will use any person because God is still in charge. He is in charge. But at the same time, whoever does get elected has such great power and influence to actually lead a whole lot of people astray or towards God. It is important who gets in office. Don't think that I'm not saying it's not important. It is very important. But what's most important is, is that we take every opportunity to decree the name of Jesus because our help does not come from a man. It comes from the Lord, the helper, right? The maker of heaven and earth. And so, but we recognize that Laws that are being made, situations that are going to, you know, be affected, have the potential to affect our future seed in a negative way if the wrong person is in office. But that just means we have to really rise up and stand. Church, if there was ever an hour for you to rise up and to be, truly be on fire, get rid of the timidity. It's now. If there was ever a time for you to rise up and be who you've been called to be, it's now. It is now. It is now. Stop being so afraid of what people are going to think. Stop being afraid of being labeled. Who cares? You already were labeled. You didn't even know it. You were already labeled. You didn't even know. So it's, a matter, it's about time to live up to that name. What about that? It's about time we live up to the name. Listen, let me tell you something. We love God. We love Christ Jesus. We serve him. We worship him with everything. We're radical in this church. We're radical lovers of the king. We pursue the glory of God. His glory comes. He, he showers us with his glory every single time. But I'll tell you right now it's not just what happens in here it's what happens out there and you're going to walk with that same boldness out there that you have in here amen amen so if you've got to wear that label wear it wear it but no shrinking back say i'm not shrinking back i want you to turn to ephesians 6 12 13 and 18 we're going to read i'm going to read we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities. And this is why those that are not spiritually minded will think that you just need to chill out. They'll, they'll think that, can't you just be normal? What's normal? Can I ask somebody what's normal? Because with the minute I find out, I don't want it. I want to be crazy for Jesus. I want to be radical for Jesus. What's normal? I thought we were ambassadors for Christ. I thought we were a peculiar generation.
I thought we could live up to that name. We should be living up to that name. It's because of the love of God within us. Amen. <laughs> so we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. What age? This one. This age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, then we stand. Having done all to stand, then we stand. Move over to verse 18. It says, praying and always, praying always with prayers and supplication in the spirit. Church, we need your prayers even more now. Pray always in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all per perseverance and all supplication for all the saints. Pray for the saints. Pray for the church. Pray for the church. Pray, 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 pray. Hallelujah. See, we live in a time and in an age where we're so many in the world, and I mean in the world, I mean Christians, okay? I mean Christians, uh, where there's not a whole lot of Bible-believing Christians. It's harder to find. You say, oh, I love God. Yes, I believe in God, but they don't read their Bible, and they don't, and it's not their plumb line. You know what? I'm just going to tell you like it is. You know I will. This is the problem. It is the problem, because they'll say I love God, but I'm going to live the way I want to live. But I still love God. You cannot love God and disregard what his word says. Because the Bible says, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands. But you've got to know his commands. You've got to be in the word of God. You've got to be reading it. You've got to be reading it. It is his word to you. It is his heart expressed. It's the living expression. And it's his heart's expression to you. So why would we not find out what's in it? And why would we not live in it? Why would we not live in the word? But see, this, this trust me, and maybe some of you guys already know this, but you know, even in the Christian church, there's not a whole lot of emphasis in the word, and there's a lot more emphasis in things that are going to please the crowd. Things are going to please, tickle your ears, you know, fancy this and that. Let me tell you, no, we're going to pursue Jesus. We want him to come. That's what happens. His glory invades this space. How many of you guys have been touched by God in one of these services? I want to see your hands. If you've been touched by God, whether that means you were healed, whether that means you were delivered, look at that, look at that. Just about every hand is up. Yeah, and you know why? It's not because of me. I'm not looking for, I did not ask you that question so that I could feel better because I don't feel bad. <laughs> I asked you that question because I wanted you to see, look at the power of God being displayed in a place that honors him. We honor his presence. We honor his word. And God faithfully, faithfully shows up. Always, always. And so we, we must be a generation that that believes what the word says. And I don't care when they come with this progressive agenda. You guys have heard of the progressive agenda? It's just another, another way of calling it. And it's progressive. You, they don't even try to hide it. It's progressive. A little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, a little bit the next day, and you're going to wake up. For those that are asleep, you're going to wake up and go, my gosh, how do we get here? It's been progressive the whole time. Wake up. They even titled it progressive. Even titled it progressive. If you haven't heard that, that, that was kind of new to me, that title. But it didn't shock me, and I thought, yeah, exactly, that's what they're doing, and they're letting us know. So we got to pray. What is, some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? The LGBTQ? 
Yeah, where it's just progressive, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, it's okay, you know, and it's just, it just, it gets more and more, it's more in the school system, it gets more in this, it gets, it gets more in the everyday, they're trying to put it in churches, sorry, not going to work here. And you know that. You know that. When they're trying to, when they're trying to make pastors do what their agenda is, I'm sorry, it won't work. We'll go find somewhere else. We'll go hide somewhere. I don't know what we're going to do, but we will not bow our knee to that demon. It's a demon. It's a spirit. Are you kidding me? No, sorry, won't happen. And you can't, you have to be that adamant. You must, you must, you must. Because we have a generation where church kids that have been brought up in the church, come on, I know I'm not the only one. Church kids brought up in the church have bought into this progressive lifestyle where they want to change freedoms that will only imprison them while they agree with their jailer unknowingly they're trying to embrace freedom equality for every person but what they really don't realize what they really are doing is their freedom is just being enchained with the jailer that actually is not freeing them but putting them in bondage but they call it freedom they call it freedom and you know that's why i say we're fighting for this generation we're fighting for a generation and we're not going to let their blood be on our hands so that's why we must stand in the gap and pray and fight. The Bible says to pray while there is still time to pray, and we will pray, and we are doing that. So like I told you the other day in one of the services just recently, if God be God, follow him. And if Baal be God, then follow him. But you must stop faltering between two opinions, all in or all out. Who's all in? Who's all in? Yeah, we all are. You guys are radicals. Exactly. But uh, let's turn to Matthew 24, 24. Matthew 24, 24. Because it, by, the Bible says in the last days, deception will run rampant. And even the elect, if possible, will be deceived. Yeah. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. To deceive, if, if possible even the elect, which means there's a possibility and a chance that even the elect can be deceived. Let me tell you, you start looking at the wrong thing, start listening to the wrong voice, you stop praying, you stop reading your Bible, you stop going to church. Do you really think that you are prone? You really think that you have some kind of, uh, you're separated from any form of deception that could possibly come your way? No, no. That's why we stay in faith, stay in church, stay under a godly leader that is going to listen to the will of God and not give you anything that's just going to tickle your ears. Amen. Not, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen here. And let me tell you, she's Jesus, Jesus, help us, help us, Lord. Because one day we, not just I, one day, all of us, we're going to stand before the Lord and we will give an account. We will give an account for what we've done with the life that Jesus gave us. He, we must know that we want to walk. We love the glory. Guys, don't, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love worship. And that's, we live there. We live there. But you can't have that without standing firm in his word. You can't. Otherwise, you just have a feel-good gospel. And that's not what we're preaching here. 
We can't be more concerned with the blessings of God and neglect and, and not even can be concerned with those that are dying. There, there are lost souls. Because the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. So when you have that mentality, Lord God, this is about souls. This is about souls in the kingdom. That Lord, direct me to the right person. I've told you so many times, this is the best time to be alive. I believe that. I so believe that. Because when the dark gets darker, the light is brighter. And the light of Christ in you is shining bright if you let it. If you let it, right? Amen. So like this scripture, you will not be deceived because you're listening and you're enduring. Now in Matthew 24, starting in verse 11, I'm going to read to you from 11 to 14 because it tells us we must endure to the end. Endure. We must endure to the end. The gospel must be preached and then the end will come, right? So it says in, in Matthew 24, 11, it says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness. What do you think we have right now? We've already, we've had it. We've had it. But you know, lawlessness continues to breed more yeah, more lawlessness, right? So it says here, the love of many will grow cold. That means wax cold. That means your heart gets seared. That means they start to know the truth, but not really walk in the truth. And you can say, yeah, but that's wrong according to the, what the Bible says. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but. Yeah, well, yeah, but. The culture, this is, what I, this is what I believe, and this is, they don't put any value or weight in the word of God. And that's why I'm saying, church, if you don't already read your word every day, start now. If you don't already make time feeding in the word, start now. Or pick it back up if you have taken a break. There's no breaks in the kingdom. You don't get to take a break from being a Christian. You don't get, I'm taking a break from being, you don't get to take a break from being a Christian. You get to keep on moving forward. Because the minute that you take a break, let me tell you, you've got all kinds of, of assignments. You've got all kinds of bondages. You've got all kinds of things that are coming your way because the enemy is always looking. He's prowling around looking to seek whomever he can, he can destroy. We, we know this. So we've got, so, so reading of the word is, is really, really important and it feeds your spirit and, and it washes you. It washes you from the filth of the world, from things you hear, from the, from any kind of stain or any film or any fear, anything. It washes you. It cleanses you. So many false prophets will arise. Okay. But he who endures, let me, let me verse, verse 13 it says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Say, I I'm enduring to the end. I will endure to the end. The Spirit of the living God is with me. I am strong in Him. I stay firmly rooted in the Word of God. The Bible is my plumb line. And I will live by it. No matter what. And verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. And, the, and it says, in all the world, as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So we got to keep on preaching the word. Amen. Psalm 5, 12. It says that he blesses the righteous. And he surrounds them with favor, Amen. as with a shield. Church, I want you to know that you are the righteous of Christ. Yeah. Righteousness of God in you. He surrounds you with favor. Daily you got to get that oil. Yes. 
Daily, you got to make sure that you're getting the oil of God, fresh outpouring. Daily, you got to make sure that you're staying in the presence of the King. Remember who you are and whose you are. Daily, you've got to make sure you're armed with strength because that's what the Word says. You're armed with strength for the battle. He has armed you. He's prepared you for such a time as this. No one, no one in this church should even have one moment where you're, you're walking in fear. If you do, you need to call somebody. You exchange phone numbers. Numbers, get their emails. You need to call somebody and you need to get that thing off of you immediately. We have no room for that. There's no room for that. You cannot. We are the army of God and we're moving forward together. We are moving forward together. In a moment, we're going to have some time for prayer. And if you have felt some of that, you need to come up. We need to lay hands on you. We need to get that thing off. We need to get that thing off because God has called you to be his ambassadors. And an ambassador is not going to walk in fear. You're not going to walk in timidity. You're not going to walk in shame or doubt or unbelief. Right? You know, when God spoke to Moses at the burning of the bush, there was no way for Moses to have known what God was going to entrust him with, right? He did not know the fullness of what God was going to entrust him with. He did not know that he was going to be entrusted with the whole nation's deliverance. Where are you right now? Do you know what God's going to entrust you with? Not fully. You may have some ideas. Maybe he's spoken to you some things. You do not know the full picture. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But God continues to reveal as we press into him. How do you know but that you were called for such a time as this? How do you know that God has not chosen you, which he has, to do such a great kingdom work, but right now when it seems like things are so fragile and fragmented, this is the time for you to rise up and take your position and stand and don't shrink back, for you have been called for such a time as this. So before the deliverance, though, with Moses, before the deliverance, there was testing. There was trials, many trials, you know, divisions, loss of loved ones, family members, separation of family members. Has anyone experienced even a little bit of this, even in conversations? Even in conversation where there's a separation of family, and all of a sudden you can't even talk about the things you were able to talk about before simply because there is such a spirit of division that's been just permeating in our atmosphere, and that people that you could have spoken to, all of a sudden they're all up in arms. They're all up in arms. But Acts chapter 7 Thank you, Father. And in verse, in verse 34, this is in reference to Moses. I'm talking about Moses right now. He didn't know. He didn't know when, he was, when he's sitting here on the burning bush. He's, you know, God starts to speak to him through the burning bush. But look at look verse 34. I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Church, the church is oppressed. You know, and I don't mean this church, but I mean the church at large. You know, I mean the body just generally. There's a lot of oppression. And, and a lot of that was due to the COVID thing, you know, months ago. But it wasn't just that. It started way before that. Way before that. When you start to compromise a little bit, let me tell you, the enemy is sure to help you out. And he's sure to start to bring that oppression upon your life. So it says, verse 34. He says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. This is God speaking. He says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. He says, I have heard their groanings and I have come down to deliver them. 
and now come and I will send you to Egypt. This is the instruction that Moses had received. He did not know what, he, what was going to happen next, but even if he was reluctantly, he still went. And this is what we are seeing right now in this in our world right now, the greatest of all, the greatest of all revival is, uh, revivals is happening for those that are either A, were lost, or B, backslidden. That's revival is for the backslider. The revival is for that one that's just lost. So I believe that we are seeing right now the greatest revival for either A, those that are lost, or B, those that were backslidden. And then not only that, but a holy Shekinah outpouring, a glorious outpouring for his remnant. You are his remnant. That's why we're always pressing into the glory. We're always pressing into the outpouring because we're saying, Lord God, we see all of that. We see all of that. We pray for them. We don't think we're better than them. We pray for them. But at the same time, we're pressing into the glory in the midst of the problem. We press into the glory in the midst of the pain. We press into the glory in the midst of the trial. We press into the glory, the glory of God, the glory of God. It's where he shines forth his presence. It's where his Shekinah glory comes in. It's where you feel like you've been taken up out of this world and you're someplace else, but yet you're still in this land. Come on. It's the outpouring. And that's what's been happening in our church. And that's why to me, to me, this is a gift, such a beautiful gift from God that we get to come here twice a week, that we get to come here and we get to be, and I'm not kidding you. I was just telling me, I was just telling one of my kids this yesterday. I am so grateful for the house of glory because what God has been doing, he's been stewarding this. He's been stewarding. He's been bringing this up. He's been causing us more hunger, more hunger, press in more. We've been seeing healings. Oh my goodness. Deliverance and healings, crazy, crazy things, but beyond. I mean, it's just awesome what God is doing. We give him all the glory. We expect, we come with expectation. We come with expectation. Hallelujah. So if you are pursuing the glory of God, which I believe those that come to house of glory are, because you know how things, how things flow here. I believe that's one of the things that draws you to this place is, you know, you're, you're attracted to, to God's outpouring. You're, you're attracted to, you're hungry. You're hungry for the fire of God, the, the stirring, the deep, deep wells that he's been, he's been doing within us. You're hungry for that. So if, if you are hungry and you're pursuing the glory, don't get caught up in the pressure cooker. Don't get caught up in the pressure cooker. You know, in other words, don't allow what you see going on in the world to squeeze you out, shut you up, and tear you down. Don't allow it. We're pursuing the glory of God, and I don't care who is in the Oval Office. We are pursuing the glory of God, and we will do so, let me tell you, because God knows how to take care of his own. He knows how to take care of his own children, right? If you're pursuing the glory, then let me tell you, you have the answers. You can turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, because I want you to see it with your own eyes in the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Because we have the answers, and we're not going to complicate the gospel. The gospel is very, 
very simple. Christ died for our sins. You can read it right there. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. What is the gospel? This is the gospel in a nutshell. This is the simple, simple gospel. And the gospel is simple, but you need to know it because when you go out there, you're going out there in a world that's dying and trying to be progressive, trying to change. But the last time I checked, I saw and I read that I serve the God that changeth not. He does not change. He never changes. I don't care what. God's word never changes. So, so don't give me this cultural thing. It doesn't matter. Let the culture change. But my God remains the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So don't you know that many of you think you're just so narrow-minded then? You're so narrow-minded. Well, so be it. What's your answer? So be it. Narrow is the way. So then I'll be narrow-minded. That's fine. As long as I'm Christ-minded is all I care about. As long as I'm Christ-minded, as long as my mind is set on Christ. And he already told me I have the mind of Christ. So I think I'm good. How about you? So there is a generation that, that needs you and us, all of us together, to stand in position for righteousness. And when we come together, we get filled up. And we remember... That we will walk with sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, absolutely. But sensitivity of the Holy Spirit is not timidity. And it doesn't cause you to be quiet when the Holy Spirit's nudging you to speak. You're going to speak because it's life or death. You're going to speak out because souls are on the line. You're going to speak out because, you know what, uh, their blood is not going to be on your hands. And you're the, you are the one that comes and to deliver the word. You're to deliver the word. You're supposed to speak the truth in love, but you're supposed to speak. And, and let me tell you, the, the, one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has done in our culture is, is to shut the mouths of the believers and to dub their voices down, to squelch that some of that passion because that passion they call radical. Well, then we're radical. I'd rather be radical for Jesus than radical for something else. I'd rather, I'd rather be radical for the love of God because he is radical for me. His love was pretty radical. His death on the cross was really, really radical. Was it not? It was really, really radical. So I'd rather be radical for Jesus because he is radical for me and he's radical for you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our websites at Kathy Coppola Ministries at www.kathycoppola.org. You can also visit us at Mighty Wind Broadcasting Network TV at www mwbn.tv. God bless.